Welcome to Solving the Financial Puzzle, where every week we discuss the latest issues surrounding the complicated world of personal finance. Each week, join Walter Storholt and certified financial planner Dan Capril as they help you put together the pieces of your own financial puzzle. And for more information on today's topic, visit matsonandcapril.com. This is Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Dan Capril. Dan is the president of Matson and Capril, serving you in Cincinnati and the surrounding areas as a certified financial planner and wealth coach. You can find him online by going to quizdan.com. Listen to past podcasts on the website as well. And you can call 513-563-PLAN if you have questions or want to get in touch. You can also go to quizdan.com, and if you scroll down just a little bit, you'll see a little button that says Quiz Dan. And not only can you ask questions to Dan just kind of one-on-one through that method, but we might also feature your question here on the show if that's what you'd like to have happen. And we call it The Mailbag, and we've got a couple of good questions to feature on today's edition of the podcast. The first of which comes from Vince and Colrain, and Vince says, I'm thinking about having my mom sign her house over to me so that we won't be forced to sell it if she has to go to the nursing home. Is this a good strategy? Hmm. Um, I wouldn't call it a great strategy. Um, first of all, understand that what would be happening in that event is your, your mother would be making to you a gift. She would be literally gifting her house to you. Now, that can have some implications from a tax standpoint, depending on how big the house is. Let's just assume the house is worth under 550000 then probably she could go ahead and make that gift without any taxable implications, or at least no tax due. There would be a gift tax that would have to be returned uh, or filed to go along with that. But here's the thing, though. If your mom should need nursing home care paid for by Medicaid within five years of doing that, then the gift strategy isn't going to work because they're going to they're count that against her. So it's not a particularly wise strategy, especially if nursing home care is imminent. Then it's not going to work at all. There's other implications, too. Um, You now own her house. Your financial situation is now reflected upon her. So I typically would not recommend that as an approach that she would want to take. Understand this, too. Medicaid, when you go into a nursing home for Medicaid, they will not force you to sell your house. What they will do is assess a lien on your estate. So if at the end, you know, the, the, the lien is in excess of the value of the home, well, then upon your mother's death, the house would be sold and, and it would be paid off. There are other strategies that you can do, but understand this. Um, most of them, if not all of them, are going to, if it gets to the issue of changing title of assets, is, are going to require that five-year window to be completed. So if you're going to do something like this, you just need to make sure that you hold your breath so that nothing happens in the meantime. It's a really good question, though, Vince, because a lot of people start thinking, you know, I, I guess we applaud the creativity of and thinking of, okay, there's got to be a way around some of these issues. you just got to be kind of careful of the consequences of those actions sometimes. You do. you do. Sometimes what seems to be an easy solution isn't. So just think through it carefully. You wouldn't be the first person to do it, mm-hmm. 
but you also wouldn't be the first person to wake up to some of the um, unintended consequences that go along with it. So be careful, Vince. Let's get a question here from Charlotte in Mason on the Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast. This one is a good one as well. Probably a very common question that you get, Dan, but people are always going to be wondering about it and asking it, I think. How does a Roth conversion work? Is this a strategy worth considering? First of all, let's get to the first question. How does a Roth conversion work? All right. A traditional IRA is one where at least part of the account has never been taxed. It could be all of it. It could be part of it, but you have tax-deferred treatment with a traditional IRA. The tax gets paid later in life when you pull the money out. And by law, you must start pulling money out of that IRA by the time you reach age 70 and a half. All right. The Roth, on the other hand, is never taxed. You're putting after-tax money into it, and whatever it grows to, you'll never pay tax on it, and you don't even have to pull it out at age seven and a half. You can just keep it there, and if you die, you can leave it to your kids tax-free. So one is a matter of paying the tax later, and one's a matter of paying the tax now. All right, well, one of the things you're allowed to do is you're allowed to convert a traditional IRA that has yet to be taxed, and you can convert some or all of it to a Roth. Now, when you do that, you must pay the tax at the time of conversion. So the obvious first question is, where are you gonna get the money to pay the tax? If you're under age 59 and a half, you don't want to use the converted part to pay the tax because then you're gonna get hit with a 10% penalty. Not a good move to do. So there needs to be some money outside of the IRA to pay the tax. Is it a good strategy? Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad one. It's worth considering because one of my big worries is that to meet all of the increase in costs and entitlement spending that we're going to see tax rates rise in the future. And so by having part of our retirement nest egg set aside in a tax-free account, we protect ourselves against that happening. In fact, we routinely do a workshop and even have a webinar called um, Defusing the Ticking Tax Time Bomb that specifically discusses this topic. And if you've never received a copy of our Retirement Rescue Toolkit, which discusses this in detail, you definitely want to get a copy of that. It's very simple. Just just go to the website, quizdan.com. And right there on the top of the fold, you're going to see a promotion for the toolkit. It's free. And it has a, an audio piece in it. There's a three-part course. There's uh, my book, Retirement Rescue. So, yeah, this is worth considering, but just understand this. There is taxable implications of a conversion. So those need to be measured. We don't want anybody caught off guard by that. And uh, even in that re- Retirement Rescue Toolkit, you also get a squeezy tax bomb, right? That, yes, we do. We give, you, yeah. we give you a little stress <laughs> ball that will release the stress that you have about getting taxed someday on your account. So a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, we get a lot of requests for it every single week. And um, so, yeah, Roth conversion, worth considering. Just make sure you've understood the cost that's involved with it. There's a planning process that needs to be done. And if, if you've never had that done, feel free to give my office a call. We'll be more than happy to talk you through how we do it for our clients. Charlotte, just hold on to that stress ball, though, not to you know keep you from getting stressed out, but because they're a hot commodity. The one, hey. that, the one that Dan sent me was stolen. Uh, wow, my my business partner John stole it from me. Oh, and, I, I can get, I'll get your. And now I got he, a new one. He taunts me, Dan. He throws it oh, up in he? the he throws it up in the air. <laughs> Our offices are across from each other, and so I can kind of you know if I lean forward and he leans forward, we can see each other through the hallway, and he'll toss it in the air and taunt me. It's, oh, you got you got a new sad. one coming. In fact, I'm going to send you not only a replacement for that, Walter. 
But we have a new one that's in the shape of a dollar bill. Ooh. Wow. Yes. Wait, so, so a flat stress? So it's not a stress ball. It's a flat. Well, that's true. But okay. you can definitely squeeze it. So you can squeeze it. can bounce it off the wall so, and still do stuff yes. with it. Yeah. So be on the lookout. That's coming. Buddy. I might be able to juggle at some point if I keep oh, requesting these stress yeah, balls. I mean, we, we got boxes of them here, so that's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good question, Charlotte. I think almost everybody at some point will go through what you just did of thinking, okay, yes. these raw things, what's the story? You know, mm-hmm. that, that may be the even simpler way of asking the question. And yeah. uh, for a lot of people, it makes sense. And for others, it might not. just depends on your situation. The, the key thing that's going to drive this is whether or not we think it's likely tax rates go up or down in the future. Now, I love the fact that this current administration is trying to cut taxes, but I'm worried that the demographics that we face as a nation, getting older as a society, eventually we're going to have to address that. And um, there aren't enough supply-side economists out there anymore, so tax increases is probably the way that's going to get addressed. So you could pay less tax by converting it now, potentially, than by waiting during retirement. And the other cool thing is, again, whatever you leave to your children will be completely tax-free. So not a bad thing to think about. Just make sure you understand what you're doing and the steps involved and the tax implications of doing it. Because for most people, the conversion is not tax-free. For some people, it is, just based on their, their, their makeup. But for most people, you're going to have to fork out some money. So you need to understand that and know where it's going to come from. All good points and good questions today in the mailbag. One more here to feature. This one's from James in Wyoming. James says, I'd like for my wife to be, is this Wyoming like the state or is there a city Wyoming near Cincinnati? No, there's no, there's a city of, a city of Wyoming near Cincinnati. Ooh. Very affluent one too, I might add. That's pretty cool. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm not <laughs> I knew native. you were going to question that. I'm not native to the Cincinnati area, so yeah, I, yeah. I have to One of the to best school that. districts in the country is in Wyoming. Is that right? Okay, very cool. All right. So James in Wyoming, I'd like for my wife to be more involved in our retirement planning, but she's always hated any financial advisors that we've met. Do you have any suggestions? She hasn't met Dan. That's the problem. Well, man, we're not all that bad as a group. Um, Okay. Part of it might be the people that you meet, but part of it also might be that your wife is not the type of person who is likely to entrust her financial future with somebody else. And that's a reality that if that's you, that's you. Don't fight it. Um, look, we live in a day and age, quite frankly, where you know you can do a lot of this stuff yourself. It's just in the function of how much time you want to put into it. So it is important that you and your wife both like the advisor if you decide to go the advisor route. Very important because Actually, someday, statistically speaking, she's the only one going to be working with them, you know, mm-hmm. since women tend to outlive men, right? So that is incredibly important that, you know, you have that. But I think the first question really you need to ask each other is, do we really want to work with somebody? And then if we do, what is it that we're looking for in that person? I think sometimes if you build the relationship based not on selling a product, but on developing a plan and a strategy... I think that can go a long way towards building trust and and like, if you will. You know, if I went to a doctor and he's quick to prescribe medicine without first checking me out, well, that's rather disturbing. So if you go to a financial advisor and they're just quick to start throwing products at you or, or if they're only talking to the husband and not talking to the wife, yeah, you got reason. She's got reason to be unhappy. So I don't know how many people you've talked to, but I think the bigger question is, does an advisor make sense? And then what type of relationship do you want with that person? But, you know, feelings are hard 
to quantify, you know, why do you feel that way? I don't know. I always joke my wife could never explain to her parents why she wanted to marry me. I mean, they could come up with a million logical reasons why she shouldn't. But, you know, it's, you know, love is a hard thing to, to quantify. So don't fight it, but just get a feel for what she would want. And does she want any advisor at all? And if she does, then have a good understanding of the type of relationship you want. Look, there's a lot of us out there. So make sure that, um, that you find one where the relationship is, is built the way she wants it to be. And then I think there's a better chance for the two of you to be happy. So hope that gives you some insights. Naturally, you know, if you feel that way, well, I would be more than happy to risk your wife not hating me. Actually, I've been told that I do well with the wives. I've been told. And that's not men in a you know, sketchy way. That's just... <laughs> I don't know. We, we catch your we is. catch your drift. Yeah. Well, we you know, I grew up in a I grew up in a women primary household, so I think maybe that's okay. why yeah. I, I'm I'm that way. But you have a sensitive side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think so. I think so. No, my wife Beth might might disagree. So, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, you know, these are all great questions. They're all somewhat related to strategy. And as I always try to emphasize to people that, you know, good planning always begins with a strategy before products get involved. So if you don't have a strategy or if you think it's been a while since your strategy has been looked at, give us a call. I'll be happy to sit down with you. We'll get a feel for your situation. And, you know, and, and if you've been working with us and you don't think your strategy has been updated, please let us know that, too. So 513-563-PLAN is our number. That's 513-563-7526. Or you can go to quizdan.com and uh, we'll get started there. So been a pleasure talking with everybody this week yeah the mailbag always one of my favorite podcast episodes love getting to answer questions and cover different topics and uh, kind of peek into what people are thinking about in the financial world and about their own particular plans if you want to submit a couple of questions to the mailbag we invite you to do that by just going to quizdan.com scroll down just a little bit and you'll see the button that says quiz dan and you can ask a question that maybe we'll feature on an upcoming podcast thanks to uh, vince charlotte and James for the questions and thank you for listening we'll talk to you next time on Solving the Financial Puzzle podcast thanks for tuning in to Solving the Financial Puzzle if you want to find out more about Dan Capril or about today's topic visit matsonandcapril.com and be sure to join us for the next edition of Solving the Financial Puzzle Information provided on today's show is provided for information purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with an investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Dan Capril is an investment advisor representative of NPM Wealth Advisors and Capril Wealth Coaching, LLC. Both firms are registered investment advisors. To obtain a copy of Form ADV and a private policy statement for either firm, call 800-353-7923.